Hello, my love, and welcome back to another episode of the Queen of Pep Talks podcast. I am so happy that you are here. If I have not shared with you lately, I just want to share with you that the podcast is my favorite place to be in my business. It makes me just truly so happy to be here and to connect with you in such a real and authentic way. So I just want to thank you for being a part of the Queen of Pep Talks podcast community. It means the absolute world to me. I also want to ask if you have not already, would you please pretty please leave a rating and review on the Queen of Pep Talks podcast. It is so super simple. If you're listening on the Apple podcast app, you just go to the Queen of Pep Talks show, scroll down and you'll see a bunch of blank stars. If you click the fifth star to leave a five star review, please, you can do so. And then underneath you can click write a review and you can just leave one or two sentences about how a particular episode has impacted you or how the Queen of Pep Talks has improved your life. So many incredible women in my world have been leaving just the most beautiful reviews. And I just want to say thank you so much. They mean the absolute world to me. And it is a free way to help the kind of podcast algorithm get my podcast in front of people who are not already connected with me. So obviously, I have a very massive platform on Instagram that I get to drive traffic here. But there are women who are not yet connected with me who would definitely benefit from the Queen of Pep Talks podcast. And every time you take the time to leave a rating and review, it helps people who are in need of this message have the opportunity to find it. So I want to thank you for those of you who have left ratings and reviews. And if you have not, it would mean just so much to me if you would do so. I also want to extend you the invitation into the exclusive pep talks with the queen. We have some really good episodes coming up. One of the really cool things about the exclusive pep talks is I give you an opportunity to request podcast topics. So the next four episodes actually for August and September are all listener requested topics. We're going to be talking about confidence on camera. We're going to be talking about letting go of and releasing the previous version of who you used to be so that you can fully step into who you are becoming in your life. We're going to talk about how to go a little bit deeper with journaling and how to really use journaling as a tool to connect with yourself. And we're going to be talking about consistency and creating consistency in your life. I'm also going to be doing And I might share it here as a bonus episode for you guys to give you a sneak peek of like what the kind of podcast look like over there. I have this message on my heart. I have stepped into in the last several weeks what feels like a new level for me. I'm going through an up level right now and there are things that are changing and shifting within me and I'm trying to put into words what I'm going through and what I'm experiencing. I had a really beautiful conversation with my Spark Mastermind clients last night about it. And I really want to share it with the people in my world. I think that I'm going to choose to do so first on the exclusive podcast. And maybe I will share that episode here with you guys as an opportunity for you to kind of see what the vibe is over there. The vibe is either me teaching you something based off of what you've asked for, and you're going to get, you know, individualized coaching and support from me, or it's very personal, more laid back and letting the people who are in my world who want to be closer to me know things that I don't necessarily always share publicly. So that is the vibe of exclusive pep talks, $7 a month. You get two bonus episodes. Plus every other month we do a zoom call where you get hot seat coaching, a beautiful community of women and the opportunity to get coaching and support from me by asking for me to do episodes specifically on topics that you have requested. I will put the link to join exclusive pep talks with the queen in the show notes of this episode. If you desire to join us there, I also just really quickly want to say congratulations to everyone who jumped into the 
summer bundles. Last week, I ran a ton of really cool bundle opportunities for women to jump into previously recorded masterclasses and programs, both around relationship with food, relationship with body and building businesses. So I just want to say congratulations to the like 50 women who chose to take advantage of those opportunities. Okay, so let's move into today's episode. Today, I want to share with you, and maybe you read this on Instagram, but something that I really love to do is take posts that I have written on Instagram and turn them into podcast episodes. Because if you know me, I just much prefer speaking my messages. Like I am fine at writing. I don't mind writing, but I just feel like the way that I like to deliver things, it's so much better in spoken word. So I'm going to be sharing what I posted recently on Instagram, eight things that I wish I would have known before I lost 100 pounds. This episode will be beneficial for any woman who is really on a journey of improving her relationship with her body losing weight, transforming in any capacity. These lessons are really powerful. And that's something that is really important for me to continue to do. I am on a journey for growth in my life for me, but also for the women in my world. I really believe that I am here to serve a purpose to the world and I want to make as much of an impact as I can. And that means going through things, analyzing them, picking them apart and finding the most valuable lessons and takeaways from them so that I can share those things with you. Because the reality is, as you know, in your own life, hindsight is twenty twenty, and there are so many lessons learned through going through experiences, but Oftentimes, we don't even take the time to reflect on what we've learned from things. I want to make sure that I'm taking the time to reflect for myself, but also sharing that with you because I know that so many of you are here because you're so deeply connected to me and our journeys are so aligned and so similar. So if there is any way that I can take what I have been through and teach you something, I want to be able to do that. So let's talk about eight things that I wish I would have known before I lost 100 pounds. Number one is I wish I would have known that living in a smaller body does not make you love your body. And I've been talking a lot about this recently because I've been running and promoting the 10 day love your body boot camp. But the reality is living in a smaller body does not, and I'm not going to harp on this for too long because I've talked a lot about it lately, but living in a smaller body does not actually make you fall in love with your body. The dynamic and the relationship that you have with your body right now that is actually going to remain the same until you start working on that dynamic and relationship that you have with your body right now. So if you're a woman who currently at the size you are and the weight you are, if you're a woman who looks in the mirror and tears yourself apart and picks yourself apart and calls yourself names, that is going to be the same way that you treat your body, even if you lose 50 or 100 pounds. And I know that from my own experience. If you read this post on Instagram, it was quite interesting for me actually to create this post because I scrolled back for a picture from when I was like my fittest, which was around the time of my wedding. The photo that I picked was a pretty popular one that I've shared a bunch of times from my honeymoon. I was super fit, like super duper fit. Like I looked strong. I looked buff. I looked thin. I looked super duper fit. I was very tiny. And after I wrote that post and shared that photo, I showed it to my husband and I was like, can you believe that when I was living in this body, I called myself fat? And he was like, I know, I I kept trying to tell you, like, you're not fat. Like there's, you barely have any fat left on your body. You are not fat, but I didn't see that. And it's so interesting for me now living in a heavier body. I don't treat myself that way. I could easily look in the mirror and say, oh, you're fat, you're gross, especially in comparison to how small I've been in, in previous years of my life. But that's not the relationship and dynamic that I have with my body now. 
loving your body isn't about the size of your body. It's about choosing to to work on loving your body. So I really want you to know if you're on a journey for losing weight or wanting to change your physique, amazing, incredible. I will never, you know, shit on anybody for wanting to do that. But you have to make sure that you're also actively working on improving the relationship that you have with your body, because however you're treating it now, losing weight isn't going to change that. Changing your body doesn't change the way that you think and the way that you speak to yourself. So make sure that you're focusing on that as well. The second thing that I wish I would have known before I lost 100 pounds is that the smallest version of you does not always mean the healthiest version of you, right? Extreme restriction, fear around food, obsession about your body and over-exercising do not equal health. (laughs) And this is a really like blurry line for a lot of people because we have been taught to I feel I have been taught to believe that you're only healthy when you're smaller. And I was told my whole entire life, lose weight to be healthy, lose weight to be healthy, lose weight to be healthy. And I believe that obviously there are some medical conditions where losing weight may actually help you be a healthier version of you, but it's a fine line. And when you cross over that line into heavy restriction and obsession and fear around food, that does not actually equal health. When I was my smallest, I was probably my unhealthiest. I would definitely go out on a limb to say I was unhealthier at my smallest than I was at my largest. I was doing really extreme things. I was over-exercising and taking water pills and heavily restricting my calories. And then on the other side of heavily restricting my calories, I was binge eating and just like treating myself like absolute crap. That's not healthy. So it's like, it's a fine line. You want to make sure you're checking which side of that line am I on and stop connecting. We really have to work on breaking the connection between small equals healthy. And it's hard when we have the media kind of like drilling that into our heads. But please know that your smallest does not necessarily mean that you are at your healthiest. If your behaviors and habits are unhealthy, if your mindset is unhealthy, Just because your body is small does not mean that you are the healthiest version of you. The third thing, I love this one, that I wish I would have known before I lost 100 pounds is that labeling foods as good and bad and using terms like cheat day and cheat meal, they only create more dysfunction in the relationship that you have with food. And I know that these are really, really common terms that are used in the dieting world. And they're terms that I used for a really long time. I would consider food good, bad. I would say I was good if I ate quote unquote well that day. I would say I was bad if I ate unwell that day. I would call anything that wasn't on plan a cheat meal or a cheat day. And These terms create a lot of dysfunction in your relationship with food. And if you're already a woman who has some dysfunction in her relationship with food, maybe that means emotionally eating or binge eating, or you have a history of heavily restricting or like really overeating, you want to be careful with the language that you are attaching to food. If you really want to improve the relationship that you have with food and ultimately lose weight and maintain that weight loss, you have to make sure that you're really creating a healthy relationship with food and referring to foods as good and bad and eating meals that are quote unquote off plan and calling them cheats and connecting that to like, when we think of cheating, what do you think about? When I think about cheating, I think about doing something absolutely terrible, like cheating on my spouse. That's horrible. When I cheat, I feel like a bad person. When you eat food, you shouldn't be connecting eating food to feeling like a bad person in any form or fashion. So if you're a woman, especially if you have kind of a dysfunctional relationship with food already, let's be really careful with the language that we're using and making sure that we're not using terms that are adding to that dysfunction. Okay. 
The fourth thing that I wish I would have known is that you cannot lose weight forever. This one really landed for a lot of people on social media. I saw this as a fan favorite. You cannot lose weight forever. You have to learn to treat your body well simply because it deserves it, not only because you want to lose weight. And this is hard for a lot of women because the only time that they have shown up and done things that are good for them, quote unquote, right, is when they're desiring weight loss, when there is a desire to change their body. That is the only time that they're drinking more water or they're getting outside for walks or they're choosing to exercise or they're watching the way that they're eating or they're prioritizing vegetables and protein. The only time that they choose to do those things is when there is a motive and that motive is to lose weight. But you can't lose weight forever. A lot of women focus on the weight loss phase, but they tend to forget that that's only meant to be a phase. It's not meant to be the rest of your life. You deserve to treat your body well just for the sake of treating your body well, not only when you're desiring to change your body. And this is, it creates a really bad habit for women. And this was a habit that I was stuck in for a lot of my life. I only wanted to change things when I felt bad about them. Most women wait until they feel really bad about their bodies to start paying attention to how they're treating their bodies and doing things that are going to make them feel better in their body, which for most women is dieting. You don't have to wait until you feel really bad in your life or in your body to start prioritizing treating yourself well. When you hold your relationship with yourself as a number one priority in your life, it's easy to choose to treat yourself well and to take actions and follow through with behaviors that are in alignment with treating yourself like you're someone that you care about. But please remember, weight loss is not meant to be something that you're constantly trying to do. How many years of your life have you been actively saying that you're trying to lose weight? How many years of your life consistently and consecutively have you been dieting? You're not meant to diet for 15 years. You're just not. You're meant to treat your body well just for the sake of treating your body well, not because you're on a diet. You don't start exercising just because you're going on a diet and trying to change your body. You exercise because it's good for you. And if you're not a part of the exclusive pep talks with the queen, I did an entire episode around improving your relationship with exercise so that it's not only something that you do when you're actively trying to lose weight. Okay. Number five is that quick fixes do not work, at least in the long term. Whatever you're doing to achieve weight loss is something that you must be willing to do in order to maintain it. And this is the trap that a lot of women fall into with yo-yo dieting, where they do something so extreme that is not maintainable and not sustainable that they feel like, oh my gosh, I can't wait for this to be over. And then as soon as it's over, they go to the other end of the spectrum and treat themselves like complete crap, overeating, sedentary, not doing anything for themselves because the way that they were showing up in order to achieve what they wanted was not maintainable or sustainable. Let's not forget, again, weight loss is meant to be a phase that you go through and it's not wrong to track your calories and drink more water to lose weight. It's not wrong to do those things. But what is the sense of losing the same 30 or 40 or 50 pounds over and over and over and over and over again because as soon as you lose it, you pack it all back on? Do you want to constantly live in phases of your life where you're losing weight or gaining weight? I don't think so. So you want to be really careful about the sustainability of the choices that you're making and asking yourself, is this something that I'm trying to do to quickly lose weight, to change my body for an event or a vacation or whatever? Or am I choosing to do these things to actually take care of myself? And this is something that I'm going to be able to maintain and sustain for a lifetime, because that's what it's about. It's about being able to maintain and sustain your habits. And quick fixes are generally so extreme that they don't allow you the opportunity to maintain and sustain because they're not meant to be 
maintained and sustained. They're meant to be quick, (laughs) short, five day, 10 day, 15 day things that that doesn't create real change. Sure, maybe a quick burst of change, but I always say to myself, like, what's the point of achieving something real quick if I'm just going to lose it on the other side? I want to create lasting change in my life. And I really encourage you to work on creating lasting change in yours as well. Number six is that losing weight does not make you a more valuable person. Ugh, I love this one. Society tries to make us believe that we are more valuable when we lose weight. And this is something that we have to be an active part of breaking free from. We have to begin to place value on ourselves simply because we exist in this world. Our value does not fluctuate when our weight fluctuates. Shall I say that again for you? Your value, my value, our value as women in this world, as human beings on this earth, it does not fluctuate when our weight fluctuates. If you only deem yourself as valuable when you are your smallest, that's a really shitty life to live. If I only deemed myself valuable at my smallest, guess what? I would never deem myself as valuable again because I'm never going to be the eight pound baby that I was when I was born. But even if I'm talking about my adult life, 150 pounds is not maintainable for me. It requires far too much effort, quite honestly, far too much obsession around food. It's not something that I can healthily sustain with good mental health, with good physical health. And with actually focusing on other things in my life that matter. So I have to learn to, and this comes from practicing, see value in myself as a human at every single size I will ever be for the rest of my life. Your value as a human does not fluctuate based off of your weight or size. Okay. Number seven, this one might be my favorite. I feel like I want to clap my hands right now. You know, when people talk in like between every word, they're like, clapping their hands. I want to do that because I I want you to hear this one. I feel so passionately about this. Losing weight does not make you a happier person. Losing weight does not make you a happier person. Okay. What actually makes you happier when you're on a weight loss journey is the fact that you made a commitment to yourself. You said you were going to do something and you followed through a lot of women. And I was guilty of this. I believed that when I was showing up for myself and actively losing weight, I thought that the smaller body was the thing that was making me feel better. It was not. What was actually making me feel better was the fact that I was a woman who was living in integrity with her word. I said I was going to do something and I did it. And if you make these commitments to yourself outside of changing your body, you will really quickly begin to realize like, wow, it does feel really good to just show up and do what I said I was going to do. Maybe that means waking up earlier. Maybe it means getting outside for a walk. Maybe it means journaling. Maybe it means listening to personal development, drinking more water, calling your parents, like literally anything that you can do in your life where you make a commitment to yourself and you follow through on the other side of following through with that commitment, don't you generally feel pretty good about yourself? And what happens when we go on weight loss journeys is we do that most of the time for an extended period of time because it takes time to lose weight. So if you keep your commitment to yourself for six months and you drop 30 pounds, you've convinced yourself it's the weight loss that made you happier, but actually... It was just being a woman who does what she says she is going to do, which is why I cannot be at my smallest 
but still feel better than ever in my life because it has nothing to do with the size of my body. And it has everything to do with the relationship that I have with myself and the commitments that I set for myself and my ability to follow through and make sure that I'm doing those commitments. I'm in integrity with my word. It's not losing weight that makes you happier. Please stop connecting a happier version of you to a smaller version of you. What makes a happier version of you is being a woman who does what she says she is going to do for her self. Okay. And the eighth and final thing that I wish I would have known before I lost 100 pounds, and I need you to hear this, please, because I know a lot of women feel really bad about this. Number eight is that gaining weight after reaching your goal weight or after losing a lot of weight is not the world's greatest sin. Okay. Gaining weight after you have lost weight is not a sin. It is not the worst thing in the world. You are not a terrible human for gaining weight after you lost weight. Sometimes it just doesn't make sense for your body to stay at that low weight. Sometimes it doesn't make sense for your body to stay at that quote unquote goal weight that you had for yourself. If I was still trying to maintain my lowest weight of 150 pounds, I would be one miserable ass person because what it took for me to get there That was not living. That was not living life. That was living to be small. Every single moment of every single day was consumed with thoughts of my body and food and exercise and water and should I eat? Shouldn't I eat? Did I prep my my meals? Can I go out with friends? Oh, I got to skip happy hour. No social events. That is not living life. That is living with the only intention of being small, shrinking my body and maintaining a physique that I am not meant to maintain. Again, let's go back to your smallest does not necessarily mean your healthiest. A lot of times we set goal weights for ourselves just because we pulled that number out of thin air. Like, I want to ask you if you have a goal weight, be honest with yourself. Where did you get that number? My goal weight for so many years was 145 pounds. I never saw 145 pounds. I saw 150 pounds. I never saw one four. I think the last time I saw that was like literally third grade. Where did I get that number? I pulled it out of my ass. I don't know. Where did you get this goal weight that you think you're supposed to be? Where did you get that? And why are you convincing yourself that that is what healthy and happy is going to look like for you? Let go of that. Spending your life working towards achieving a goal weight, mm, you're made for so much more than that, babe. Your life is meant for so much more than to think that the only time life is worth living is when you get to that number that is probably not necessarily unachievable, but probably not even actually healthy for you. So I want you to ask yourself, am I living for life or am I living to be small? Okay. I hope that you found value in these eight things that I wish I would have known before I lost 100 pounds. I hope that if you are on a journey of transforming your body, changing your body, losing weight, you'll keep these things top of mind. There's nothing wrong with wanting to change your body. There's nothing wrong with wanting to lose weight, to feel better in your body, to feel more comfortable moving, maybe even to become a healthier version of you. There's nothing wrong with that. But I do want you to check your intentions. And what do you think that losing weight is actually going to provide to your life? Because a lot of times we 
We put weight loss on the pedestal like it's the queen of life. And when we lose weight, everything is going to be roses and butterflies and magical fucking fairies. And it's not. Weight loss does not actually make you a happier person. It doesn't change the way that you feel about yourself. It doesn't change the way that you view your body. Don't find yourself down the 50 or 100 pounds that you want to lose and still living in this dysfunctional relationship with yourself because you thought that weight loss is going to be the thing that made you happy. And then you get there and you realize it wasn't. That was my story. If this episode speaks to you, I want to invite you into the 10 Day Love Your Body Boot Camp. We are going to begin the 10 Day Love Your Body Boot Camp on August 29th. So at the end of this month, we are going to spend 10 days together, August into September, and I'm going to help you radically change the relationship that you have with your body. This is incredible if you're a woman on a weight loss journey or not on a weight loss journey. If you just want to feel more comfortable in your skin, more confident in who you are, happier in your body, this is a 10-day boot camp that will radically change the way that you feel about yourself and your body. If you're looking for more self-love, more self-acceptance, more connection to yourself, better intuition, the ability to listen to, honor, respect, and feel gratitude for your body, this is an experience that you do not want to miss. The last boot camp of this summer, we may bring it back in 2023. We'll see how it goes. Who knows where I will be and what I will be doing then. So this is an invitation into the next and final session of 2022 at the 10 day love your body boot camp. Link is in the show notes of this episode. I love you so very much. Thank you again for being a part of the queen of pep talks community you mean the absolute world to me. It's hard to put into words how much the women in my world really mean to me. So I hope that you know everything that I do within my business is done for you. The growth that I do in my life, it's for me, yes, but it's also for you. I only want to help you become the happiest and healthiest version of who you are. Okay. I love you to absolute pieces and I will talk to you on our next episode. See ya. See ya.